Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, maybe Mark Zuckerberg. No, when it comes to enterprise architecture, we'll turn to someone who can skate circles around all of those IT visionaries. And I'm going to shamelessly steal a quote from Wayne Gretzky here. And this is a great quote as kind of the mantra for enterprise architecture, which is, I skate to where the puck is going, not where it has been. And this is ThinkCast. Welcome to ThinkCast, the Gartner podcast channel. Here, we talk with the world's leading analysts and thought leaders about the hottest and most important IT and business topics. We discuss the latest insights, best practices, and informed predictions that will get you thinking about how best to solve your immediate challenges and build a better long-term strategy. So enjoy this ThinkCast conversation. Hello, everyone. I'm Scott Smith. Well, we've already got a reference to the great one, Wayne Gretzky, so I'm happy. But fear not, you've not tuned into a sports discussion. This episode is about how IT leaders can become the great ones, as it were, in strategic planning through enterprise architecture. It's all about leadership. And CIO leadership will, in fact, be the focus of Gartner Symposium IT Expo this year. So I greatly recommend you check out the details on the symposium page of Gartner.com. There will be great insights on how to make yourself a better leader for IT and the business and how to lead your business to digital success. One driver in that quest is enterprise architecture. And to help build our case for EA, I'm pleased to welcome Mike Walker to ThinkCast. Mike is a Gardner analyst, one of our leading EA experts, a blogger with his popular Mike the Architect blog, and a podcaster. Amazing that he even finds time to join us with all that. But join us indeed he does via phone from his office in Ohio. And Mike, first of all, thanks for joining us. And I made sure to mention that you're a podcaster because I was especially taken by a recent discussion that you had had with EA blogger Tom Graves. And I heard you say in that discussion that your message to enterprise architects is, hey, guys, don't screw this up because this is our opportunity. So, Mike, what is the opportunity? Yeah, so, you know, as you were saying that, you know, I kind of had a a grin on my face a little bit. And it's because if you've been in this profession, and when I say this profession, I mean enterprise architecture, for more than a decade, you know, this has been the major gripe. It's been, hey, we don't have a seat at the table. We're not able to talk to our business units about, you know, where we're going and how we can get there, et cetera. And with the lead-in, what you described about, being kind of an outlier in, you know, or a renaissance man in the blogosphere and, and social media in general, at events, et cetera, you know, that's the new expectation. And so while we've been hoping for this opportunity, some enterprise architects aren't prepared for that or may not even really don't want what goes along with the responsibilities that go along with that opportunity that's presented. So, We've been talking for many years about, hey, for us to really, really be effective, we need to have a seat at the table, the business uh, decision-maker table. And now we have that opportunity. So when I said somewhat flippantly with uh, uh, Mr. Tom Graves that, you know, this is our opportunity, let's not screw it up, it's really about seizing that opportunity. And if we're not ready for it, it's fine. 
but we need to make sure we draw very clear expectations. And so enterprise architecture is one of those disciplines that, uh, right, wrong, or indifferently, has evolved rapidly, rather quickly, and we've stumbled a lot during the way. You know, I look at us in our journey here that we've been taking, uh, if we compare it to, you know, uh, people and aging, you know, we're, we're kind of in our preteen stage right now. We're getting some blemishes. Uh, we're going through changes. We don't know how quite to react to those changes, uh, but we know good things are going to happen here soon. So it's really about getting over this hump and getting to that next wave. You know, Mike, I think in some ways the shift is, while you say you've been tracking this for, for over a decade yourself, it's not necessarily new, but I think it's a new approach for IT itself. You know, just the name, enterprise architecture, it is that strategy level. And yet I think IT still by many in the business is viewed more as the tradesman in that here are the architectural designs, here's what we need built, you come in when we need the wiring, the plumbing, the insulation, whatever, we'll tell you when, you just show up and put it together. So the question, I guess, is with this opportunity to take that wider view to actually get in at the design level, are enterprise architects, are the IT folks embracing that opportunity? Or as you flippantly said, are they screwing it up? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's a blend. And, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily screwing it up. I would say they don't necessarily, the laggards, they don't necessarily understand the opportunity and the value of that opportunity. And so when, when I talk to leading organizations, you know, they, they wholeheartedly have embraced enterprise architecture as a strategic capability. So when, when you had mentioned um, about, you know, the tradesmen in, in the builders guild here, um, you know, we oftentimes in enterprise architecture refer to those more concrete um, architectural topics like the builder or the welder, the, the machinist, the, the architect. Well, the enterprise architect in that equation is, is really either the city planner or, in some cases, the architect of the home. And when you interact in, in a real-world context with these folks, they never go into, hey, we need to build this widget. Um, you know, they go into the business application of whatever it is that they're architecting. And so I'll give you a very real example. When, when I was building my house in Austin, Texas, I begged and pleaded the builder to give me the blueprint. I just wanted to see the thing. You know, I wanted to be able to, to see how things are done, et cetera. That, that architect would not give me the blueprint. And the reason why he didn't give me the blueprint is I didn't need that level of detail to get to the business level questions that I needed answered. Instead, he gave me a, you know, a high-level layout of, of, the, of, of the, uh, the, the land and of the house so I could make sure that my kids had enough room to play. We could put a pool in the backyard. We had enough room uh, for, for everybody, and you know, our furniture was fit. Those were the types of questions that I needed to have answered, not how the HVAC is architected and how we're going to plug into the city grid and all those details. Those are questions that I did not need to get answered because those were taken care of for me. Likewise, here with enterprise architecture, enterprise architecture is more within that light within the leaders. They're not focusing on the plumbing and the HVAC. Um, 
where, where you have very qualified roles that are the, the tradesmen in those areas, like solution architects or domain architects that have a speciality in those areas. So it's more about the business problem we're trying to solve here. And that's the hard leap, frankly, that, that you know, many organizations struggle with, is moving from, hey, this is a really cool architecture, to, hey, yes, this is cool, but we've got a bigger problem to solve here. We've got to figure out, one, where our business is going, because most businesses, and when you talk to our business lines, they think quarter to quarter. Maybe they think to the, you know, outside of, of the fiscal year. The challenge is enterprise architects have to have the soft skills to be able to extract out. Where are you really going? And making sure they're not solving the symptoms of an issue, but they're actually solving the root issue itself. And that is a very hard skill to master. And that's part of the challenge of seizing that opportunity is being able to understand that there is an enormous amount of emotional intelligence that's required of an enterprise architect to be able to come to the table with on how, how we define enterprise architecture as Gartner, as really being the discipline within the organization, and, and obviously I'm paraphrasing here, um, being the organization that has one foot in the business lines, one foot in technology, that's looking out into the market, understanding what will the future disruptions be on our company, how can we prepare for that, from a risk perspective, but also what are the opportunities that we need to seize as a business and we can take advantage of and distill that into actionable initiatives versus when I started my career in EA, you know, nearly, you know, 15 to 20 years ago, however you want to define EA at that time, which was fairly loose, where it was more focused on, you know, what I lovingly refer to as checklist architecture, where, you know, we're filling out deliverables and saying, hey, we've got, you know, the perfect architectural framework. You know, that's the sausage making factory. That's not the business we're in today. I want to dive deeper into the meaning and some best practices and so forth. But I actually want to step back to that example you just gave of building your home in Austin. And I'm curious because here again, we're asking IT asking enterprise architects to take a broader role, to step out of their comfort zone, to really put themselves out there a little more. And like you and that architect, it can go one of two ways that I can hear. There could be that danger of coming across as arrogant, looking at someone in the C-level, looking at a a um, high-powered business unit person saying, you really don't need to see everything. Just trust me, which can be a bit arrogant versus, hey, I know why you want to see it. You are the person paying my salary, as it were. Uh, But you know, here's what I think you really are looking to see. How as IT, who have not always been the most noted for, uh, let's just say, interpersonal relationships within the enterprise, how do we, you know, set that tone of here's what you need to see without looking like we're so controlling that they wouldn't want to work with us in the first place? Makes sense. Yeah, you know, and that's that's a phenomenal question. And, um, you know, and to take a small step back, you know, as far as, as far as my career is concerned, you know, I, I kind of alluded to this a bit, you know, you know, if I could break my career into thirds, you know, I spent a, you know, a third to close to half of my career as a practitioner, someone that actually reported to the CIOs, running EA organizations, 
or or participating within EA organizations in, in some shape or form. You know, building out strategy, being on the hook. So if something went wrong, you know, I'm I'm having a stern you know talking to by by uh, my boss, the CIO. Um, but second, you know, where you know I'm just looking at you know one company in depth, moving into the consulting world where you're looking at many companies at that initiative level. And then the last leg would be here at Gardner, where we're talking to many, many, many people. Um, we're speaking at conferences, et cetera. We've got lots of data. We're doing futures, et cetera. So I've got this kind of blend, which is nice, and, and, it, and it's definitely an advantage with talking with clients because I can understand that very, very specific challenge, um, you know, being in that position for a number of years. And I can tell you the best piece of advice that I was given by one of my CIOs uh, this was early in my career. Uh, thankfully, I got this advice early in my career, which was um, he, he said to me, he's like, look, you as an enterprise architect, you're always going to be two or three clicks ahead of, of everyone else in the room. So your goal, you know, when, when we're having conversations with our business unit, even with himself, is to think strategically, but act tactively. And while that doesn't answer your question directly, it's, it's an important example of the mindset of an enterprise architect. It is not to go in there like a bull in a china shop and say, hey, I've got all the answers for you. You know, look at me. You know, I'm, I'm the super smart guy or gal. It's not about that. Uh, what it is about, and, and I alluded to this earlier, is this strong uh, skill of emotional intelligence. And that, again, is the tricky part. And whenever I would hire enterprise architects, I would tell the candidates, first and foremost, you know, IQ gets you the job, but EQ, which is emotional quotient, which is how you measure emotional intelligence, EQ allows you to keep your job. Because you can be the smartest guy or gal in the room, but if you're making everybody mad and no one wants to work with you, you're not going to be effective. So, that's where we are making a big shift. When Gartner looks at the CIO profiles, where we're seeing an enormous wave of CIOs not coming from a technology background, but from a business background, we see the same type of effect within enterprise architecture, where we're seeing MBA grads, we're seeing R&D folks, we're seeing a blend of all sorts of individuals starting to cross-pollinate into enterprise architecture because We've got to up that game. We've got to be able to have those difficult conversations. And I want to talk very tangibly about, you know, that architect conversation that I had with my builder and how that would translate to, let's say, a CFO as an example. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say, and we're just going to make up names here, uh, Bob, uh, Bob the CFO, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you this information. You know, you probably wouldn't get away with that. But how you would tailor that talk track is you would tailor it based on what Bob cares about. Well, Bob cares about, hey, are we making the right technology investments? Of the investments that we have made, are we optimizing those investments as a portfolio? How are we reducing risk within the organization? Those are the questions that 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 CFO, Bob, that he wants to be able to understand. So when we tailor our talk track, it's less about, you know, no, Bob, you know, I can't give you this, but it's more about, well, Bob, that's a great question. 
let's 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 look at this from the vantage point of you know how this is going to help us financially and what this means to our investment structure. If I'm talking to the CIO, it's going to be how I'm how I'm um, partnering with our business lines. And notice I didn't say align uh, with with our business. That's a bad thing <laughs> because alignment predicates we were never aligned to begin with, and that's something that a business we've got to get out of. But it's all about figuring out what drives the organization and tailoring our talk track based on who we're talking to. And that's a, a very much a EQ-oriented skill. And understanding, this is where the leaders come in, the leaders understand that incentive drives behavior. So if we're focused on the, 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 the most valuable things, it means we're focusing on the incentive models. And that's how we start to drive value, how we start to drive credibility, how we get a seat at the decision-making table. Does that make sense? It does make sense, very much so. And I want to step back here because we touched on this a little bit. You gave us the definition just a short while ago. But it really strikes me that enterprise architecture is one of those disciplines that while we more and more realize we all need to do it to be successful – I often sense that not everyone really grasps what that means. It's a little bit of it means different things to different people. What is the true mission, that true goal for enterprise architecture? So so that is a fantastic question, and here's why. Um, In the profession, in the discipline of enterprise architecture, you could do a hundred different things, right? And, and when we say do a hundred different things, you know, really what we're saying is, you know, from a capability perspective on what you could deliver, you could deliver lots of different things. But the question isn't what you could do. It's what you should be delivering for your business. And so when, we, when, when clients ask, you know, what is the blueprint of a successful enterprise architecture organization? Um, you know, that question is a very difficult question to answer. And the reason why is because enterprise architecture is an organization that's here to help, number one, protect the company, but also help rationalize our, our strategy into actual plans. Well, in that world, on how we figure out what EA looks like, well, it's directly based on our business operating model and our, our strategy. So, to some extent, you could say every, org- every EA organization is different. And that is true to an extent as far as how they perform enterprise architecture. But we, we can't start with how. We have to first start with why. Why are we here? What is the unique value that we are going to create? So leading EA organizations, when they build out EA to figure out, hey, what should we deliver? And, and how we should deliver it, and what are those capabilities. They start off with, you know, just like any other profession, they start out with an enterprise architecture business plan. And what this business plan articulates for the organization and in concert and partnership with the organization is what are the core business imperatives that we're trying to drive as an organization? What are the key business outcomes for those imperatives? Now we've got a great link and bridge now we figure out, based on the strategic capability of EA, that can help us understand this stuff more, that can help us figure out a risk-adverse, high-value way of implementing these capabilities, how should we structure EA as a result? So those leading EA organizations 
their success metrics are how they enable their company's business success metrics, or as we say, business outcome statements. So their incentive model is to drive value for the company, not to say, I've created 60 reference architectures, 300 standards, we're 95% compliant with our architecture review board. At the end of the day, your business executives, your, even your C-suite, doesn't necessarily care about those particular aspects. What they do care about is based on these three core business imperatives that we need to drive out as a company to be competitive in a highly disruptive market, here is how Enterprise Architecture has laser-like focused on enabling that, increasing the time to value, not the time to market, but the time to value, while also reducing the risks of moving into that environment. So, you know, I didn't answer your question necessarily, maybe how you might have expected it, but it's less about what it is, it's more about your journey and how you get to a fit-for-purpose enterprise architecture organization that is directly addressing your business outcomes. And, and the business part is, is highly important here, is, you know, the, the business outcomes. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it actually leads me into my next question, which I want to preface by saying this might come across to listeners initially as kind of negative. Uh, uh, wait, he's suggesting we screw things up. No, um, I'm talking here about, like you say, we're moving into more that business area, tying it into business outcomes, showing what we can do to help the business succeed. There are going to be missteps along the way. There are going to be things we're used to doing that don't necessarily translate in that wider sphere of the enterprise. So as you see enterprise architecture, as you see IT trying to get that more strategic seat at the table, let's start at the what would seem to be the negative side, which would be the areas we need to work on, though. What are some of the mistakes that you often see made as we try to gain that stronger seat? Yeah, I mean, there's um, as far as the mistakes are concerned, a lot of it is in that realm of soft skills, and um, you know, and I've seen this time and time again where um, uh, an individual or an organization will say, "Oh, we read this great, you know, Gartner, you know, research note that says, you know, we need to be more involved in the strategic planning process," as an example. And, you know, uh, the EAs come in like a bull in the china shop and say, you know, I need to be engaged. I need to be plugged in. You know, look at me. I'm really important. You know, bad move. (laughs) Bad, bad move. Um, You know, the opportunity here is, you know, really taking a step back and empathizing with our stakeholders, with our business partners, and really making it into a partnership model making it a win-win scenario, making it we're in this, in this together. And when I talked earlier about creating your, your enterprise architecture business plan, you know, the EA team doesn't build that alone. They build that with your senior executives. And if they're not willing to come to the table to help you define the high business value creation EA is going to provide, you've got to ask yourself the question as an EA organization, hey, are we ready for this? Is this the right thing for the organization? Are we clearly communicating the value prop, et cetera? So there's an element of that that comes in. And, you know, that's kind of uh, the test there. 
Um, so, so that's one of the, the major pitfalls is, you know, going in and, you know, being arrogant about it or, or, or being viewed as the know-it-all because you're going to get all these uh, emotional reactions from your stakeholders like, hey, I've been doing this for 30 years. Who are you to come in and tell me to change? Um, or there might be a level of intimidation or there might be a level of insecurities from the people around the table saying, hey, this, this, this guy or gal is going to start to expose some work that I don't necessarily want exposed. And so this is where, you know, when, when we look at successful EA, and so we're now we're moving into the positive, um, when we look at successful EA organizations, we, we look at them as more as um, using EA as a form of management consulting. So imagine enterprise architecture is a form of, uh, you know, the internal Booz Allen or internal McKinsey or ENY, uh, that sort of function, where it's less about, hey, I've helped you design this really, really cool widget. Well, that's great, but really EA's value proposition is about facilitating the decision-making process, making sure that our senior executives are making informed decisions on whether it be a strategy that's broad and ethereal, or it's a detailed tactical strategy, or maybe it's an initiative or even a re reactionary uh, challenge, such as a regulatory issue or a security breach or whatever it may be. So, so that's really the, the, the opportunity here is to approach EA more as, hey, we're the strategic advisor for, for the organization. We're, we're a mile wide and an inch deep, and we can help orchestrate the right folks together in a productive way so that we can, that we can achieve those business outcomes. Does that make sense, Scott? It, it most definitely does. And uh, I'd like to uh, come right off that. And you said be the strategic advisors there. That's one major step in getting this right. What are some of the other key steps that you recommend we make sure we're taking? You know, it's, you know, from a how we go about EA, it's really about being that uh, internal form of management consulting from a what we deliver perspective. It's going to be about understanding that there are two different ways we can deliver things. One, we can deliver things within the Builders Guild with the people that understand the technical jargon, you know, uh, we, 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 we talk about those as more of uh, diagnostic deliverables or to even simplify it even more, producer deliverables. And, you know, everyone within that community understands what architecture is, all the different models around it, et cetera. But when we deliver to our stakeholders, to our business lines, et cetera, we have to use other types of approaches with those folks. So, you know, the change that we need to make is when we're acting in this management consulting S sort of way, we don't say a one size fits all type of approach where, Hey, you know, I'm going to give you the same architectural diagram and models and, and uh, documentations I give the dev team or the infrastructure team. Uh, but if you're the CFO, you're going to want to understand the financial viewpoint. If you're the CMO, you're going to want to understand, you know, what this does to our brand and the perception on the market, et cetera. And likewise with the CIO and any other business unit executive, you're going to tailor those consumer-oriented deliverables in an in, in actionable way and in their language. 
that's a a very important shift that EA uh, has to make uh, if if they're going to be taken seriously uh, in this new new wave of enterprise architecture. The third big thing is, you know, they need to keep looking at the current plus one year, two year type of horizon as they traditionally have, looking from an outside in perspective. But we also need to look at ultimately where is our industry going and where are the disruptive forces going? You know, whether it be technology, which we have strongly focused on, but also economically, politically, socially, uh, economically, et cetera. So we have to focus on those aspects as well. And I'm going to shamelessly steal a quote from Wayne Gretzky here. And this is a great quote as kind of the mantra for enterprise architecture, which is, I skate to where the puck is going, not where it has been. So that's a very important philosophy as the next big uh, area of success is understanding that, hey, the market is, is, is evolving very rapidly in, t- in today's world. Uh, there's an enormous amount of disruption. How can enterprise architecture look at that three- to five-year horizon view and look at how do we leapfrog over our competition? How do we avoid a startup coming into our market and completely disrupting our business model? You know, Airbnb is a great example of this. You know, um, you know they've established this um, yeah, peer-to-peer model. Their, their, their valuations at $10 billion, while you, while you got folks like Hyatt and Wyndham that are, that are below $9 billion. And if any one of these hotel chains wanted to go into new market geographies uh, where there wasn't a, an established hospita- hospitality uh, footprint, the barrier of entry would be extremely high for the traditional players versus an Airbnb. So where enterprise architects can help is figuring out, hey, we're seeing some leading indicators that there might be some models here that we need to evaluate. And how do we do this in, in a practical and pragmatic way uh, in partnership with our business line and, and really helping be the catalyst for that innovation capability that needs to happen within uh, the organization? Mike, thank you for a great discussion and especially thank you for a great hockey reference. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of the information technology industry. All content provided by other enterprises is expressly the views of those enterprises and the speakers. The information should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of said enterprise's products or services. The guest is Gartner Research Director Mike Walker. The topic is Enterprise Architecture. The blog is Mike the Architect. And this is ThinkCast. Mike also happens to be a co-author of the recently released Gartner Hype Cycles special report. He discussed that in a webinar called Gartner Hype Cycles 2016, Major Trends and Emerging Technologies, which you can check out at Gartner.com slash webinar. And again, check out the details on Gartner Symposium IT Expo over at the Symposium page of Gartner.com. I'm Scott Smith, and thanks again to listening to ThinkCast. Thank you for listening to this latest installment of ThinkCast from Gartner. We hope it gets you thinking about new ways to approach your IT and business concerns. And don't forget to check out the Gartner webinars at gartner.com webinars. 
or look for more of our ThinkCast podcast at gartner.com slash podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to Gartner ThinkCast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. Thank you.